It's episode 631 of the Locked On Rangers podcast. On today's show, Martin Perez is finally an all-star. Mitch Garver is getting season-ending surgery. And could Joey Gallo be headed back to the Rangers? All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. It is Monday, July the 11th. We had a very very busy weekend. I'm going to try and cram as much of it into this episode. Your Rangers are sitting at 39 and 44, alone in third place in the ALS, still ahead of those absolutely disastrous Angels. They're 16 games back of the Astros in the division, four games back of the Jays and the Mariners, who are now tied for that third wild card spot. Thank y'all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It's the best way to help us out. We are less than 30 away from our goal of 1,000 by the all-star break i think we can get there um thank you all so much for doing that and commenting anything below the best way to help grow the show now before we get into martin perez the mitch garver talk and the joey gallo talk of the day first this episode is brought to you by the sports card investor app welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined stay tuned for later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors you're going to want to check out the sports card investor app now, Martin Perez is an all-star. He is the only Rangers all-star. This is his first selection in 11 season. He has been absolutely phenomenal. Hands down the best pitcher on this Rangers team. One of the better pitchers in the American League. And this has just been a complete renaissance for him. Although, renaissance means rebirth. And he's never been this good. This is just a, a completely new thing a metamorphosis i'd call it more than a renaissance because this is not something that he has ever done before and you know this is a great weekend for martin perez i mean he <clears throat> he had a bad start he had just a straight up a bad start um by his standards six earned runs in six innings two home runs the second time this year that he has allowed multiple home runs in a start and really good about limiting those home runs but uh yeah he just got kind of lit up in this one but you know he showed this is who he is this is the new Martin Perez, a guy who, when he gets lit up, he still goes and battles and gets you know, as many innings as he can for his team. He gave up six. All of those were in the fourth inning, um, and the Rangers were able to get him back. He, they had a 3 nothing lead when he went into that fourth inning, um, <clears throat> but the Rangers got him back. They got four runs in the bottom of that inning, and he had a lead, and he knew, all right, I got to get at least two more innings for my team. And those ended up being huge because on Sunday, Dane Dunning was straight up horrendous and was not able to get out of, I believe, wasn't even able to get through three innings. So um, him going six innings was absolutely huge for the Rangers. He's been excellent this season. He is top 10 in the American League in uh, war for pitchers, in earned run average, in innings pitched, in FIP adjusted ERA plus all of those things he is top 10 in Major League Baseball he has even gone through a little bit of a rough patch for his last you know basically the month of July has not been super great for him he was the best pitcher in I'd say all of baseball in the month of May when he won AL pitcher of the year he was absolutely phenomenal in that month including a huge complete game shutout against the Astros in Houston 
probably the best game he's ever pitched in his life. <clears throat> but he's been consistent for the Raiders. He's been super, super consistent. And that has been absolutely ginormous for them. I mean, right now he's missing barrels at a fantastic right he's in the top eight percent of baseball in that he's not walking anybody in the top 22 percent of walk percentage expected slugging expected woba um expected era all those in the 73rd percentile he has been fantastic at that he's not getting guys to chase he's not spinning his fastball or his curveball very well he's using that two seamer really well and just painting the corners and has been an absolute warrior for the rangers and you know on that saturday night after after a not so great start he you know he didn't care because he proposed to his girlfriend and she said yes congratulations to martin for getting engaged and then the very next day he finds out he's an all-star for the first time in his 11th season in major league baseball he's really come into his own been the grandfather of this staff the father whatever he's only 31 years old but it feels like he's been around forever because he has been he came up at such a young age and had such high expectations hoisted upon him but this year, he has lived up to those expectations and exceeded them. He has been fantastic as the best starter for the Rangers. Everything you could have possibly asked for. Let's look a little bit at these games. The Rangers won this series. They won a one-run game, and they lost a one-run game. Um, and, you know, the Orioles, by the way, they're on an eight-game winning streak. They had one win going into the series against the Rangers, swept the Rangers in three, and then swept the Angels in four right after the Rangers. So... Maybe I don't feel as bad right now. Baltimore is ahead of the Rangers. They have a better record. And, uh, yeah, I don't feel as bad. I'm still pissed about that series. And I think the Rangers are most definitely still pissed because they think they should have won at least one, if not two, if not all three of those freaking games. But they didn't. And so, you know what? I came into the series saying, all right, it's time to sell, sell, sell. And then they win two out of three against a really good Twins club. Probably could have won the third game if Dane Dunning didn't completely implode. Um, but he did, and that's fine because the Rangers still come out winning two out of three against a really darn good club. John Gray was good enough in this one for the Rangers. Five in the third inning on Friday. Eight strikeouts did allow a pair of home runs and one walk and nine hits. Was able to work around most of those runners, but did allow five total runs. Only three of those were earned, though. Um, an error by Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager and Jonah Heim. Not a great defensive weekend for the Rangers. A couple of errors were pretty costly. A Matt Bush error um, on the mound was basically the difference in the game on Sunday, and it was a one-run game. That's a pretty, pretty slim difference. But he came out on top in the battle of the Grays. Outlasted Sonny Gray, had more strikeouts than Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray didn't have a single strikeout in four and two-thirds innings against the Rangers. Texas was able to get five runs on him. Um, pretty solid stuff for the Rangers. A big, big home run by Corey Seager, his 17th of the year. Adoles Garcia also had his fourth triple of the year. Pretty darn good offensive day for the Rangers. A three-hit day by Adoles Garcia. A multi-hit game from Corey Seager, who has been just absolutely tearing it up as of late. I mean, coming up in the clutch, hitting these big home runs late in games. In his last seven games, he has been absolutely on fire hitting 462 and on base of 516 slugging 923 in the last seven games that's four home runs four walks or just one strikeout he has been absolutely on fire coming up in the biggest moments for the rangers including in that baltimore series he did everything he could he has been mashing home runs he's got 19 now on the season that is tied for the third most in his career i swear if he keeps this up before he even hits 
August. <laughs> this guy might already set a new career high in home runs, which, by the way, in case you didn't know, is 26. I don't know how it's just 26. He used to hit a whole lot of doubles and not as many home runs. He's not hitting that many doubles this year. He's got 10 so far and 19 home runs. That's fine. I'll take home runs over doubles every single day because they are more than twice as good. Literally four bags, but also you drag yourself in. Home runs are very good, in case you didn't know. Um, that's why I really like Joey Gallo. Coming up, we're going to get into some of the Joey Gallo rumors. We're going to look at this Mitch Garver surgery, what it means for the Rangers going forward. But first, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product I use literally every single day. I started taking AG1 because, you know, I didn't have time for all these different supplements. I wanted better gut health, more energy, an optimized immune system. And, you know, I hated taking all these pills and vitamins. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes good, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. If you want to know what it is, it's one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. It's literally one scoop in a cup of water per day, and Athletic Greens was founded by a guy who had a ton of gut health issues. He ended up with a complimented complicated supplement routine to recover it costs them a hundred dollars a day and you know athletic greens is much cheaper than your cold brew habit so it's an investment in yourself so to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel bags with your first purchase all you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com mlb network that's athleticgreens.com mlb network take ownership over your health pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance now, Mitch Garver today is going to have surgery on his partially torn flexor tendon in his right arm. After the Toronto series, a scan showed that it was 25% torn. It would require surgery at some point this year. A later scan showed that it was a 40% tear. And so it was kind of a how long, how long can you go with this? How much are you helping the team versus how much time do you need to get right? So a typical... A typical recovery from this surgery is six to eight months, so that's going to happen today on 7-11. So that puts his recovery time somewhere between, you know, January 11th and March 11th. So right in the middle, of that would be about February when pitchers and catchers are reporting. So it's looking like he's going to be healthy for next season. He's going to be able to throw, play catcher, do all that good stuff. It's it had been really bothering him at the plate, and it's partially why he hasn't been able to play every day, even as a DH. I, mean, I think that kind of was telling that he wasn't long for this season when he was DH only, but he still wasn't able to play every day. It was really bothering him. He didn't want to make excuses for it. And, you know, he still put up a pretty decent season while dealing with this for literally the entire season. Um, yeah, I mean, he had a 25% tear after the first series of the year. His best month of the season where we really saw what he can do when he's hot in 13 games in May that have spread out when he was still catching at the beginning of that month and when he came back as a DH only at the end of the month. 13 games. Um, he had four home runs, six doubles, hit it 300 on base of uh, 346, slugged 660. That's an OPS of 1006. That is the kind of Mitch Garver who, when he's hot, can absolutely carry a lineup for an entire month. We saw him do that with the Twins in several different seasons. One, a silver slugger, even though he missed quite a bit of time in 2019. By the way, that was a year that he was with Martin Perez and catching for him. So he has known Martin Perez for a long time, and I kind of forgot that until uh, some of the articles started coming out and him talking about how happy he was for Martin and and how much he's seen him grow since his time in Minnesota. Absolutely love that for him, but 
in his stead. Jonah Heim has been absolutely fantastic. Should have been an all-star. Absolutely should have been an all-star. But uh, you know what? It's fine. Jose Trevino is an all-star. Good, good for Jose. Good for Jose. I'm genuinely really happy for him. More pissed for Jonah Heim, who got kind of robbed. Um, Jonah Heim is the second best framing catcher in all of Major League Baseball. Second, of course, only to Jose Trevino. Um, basically, the offensive numbers are not even close with Jonah Heim. He is leading all catchers with 12 home runs in the American League and OPS of 796, um, slugging 479, which is second best among Major League catchers or American League catchers, I should say. He has been absolutely dynamite this season. The Rangers did not make the wrong choice in who they wanted to keep. Maybe they made the wrong choice, and no, no, they're not. Didn't make the wrong choice in trading for Mitch Garver. He was an absolute tear. There is no reason why they shouldn't have done that. I mean, unless you wanted to play Isaiah kind of left at third base every day and have a, a pretty much black hole in the lineup for what you should be asking offensively from your third baseman. Not that I don't love IKF and that he isn't right to feel jilted. He, he is. He is right to feel jilted. And I do think that Corey Seager might have been better defensively at third base. Um, but you pay him $325 million. He gets to play shortstop at least for the first year of that contract. That's kind of that's kind of how that works when he is the face of your franchise. And he has been doing incredibly well for the Rangers with those 19 home runs, which lead all shortstops. He's still not a, an all-star. He's got an OPS. Um just south of uh, 800 on the season. He's been doing fairly well. Those expected numbers are still much higher than what he's actually doing. 773 OPS slugging, 456. Um, been really solid for the Rangers, and he's been healthy. There's been a lot of questions about his health coming in, and that has been huge for the Rangers. But Jonah Heim right now, a 796 OPS on the season. That's 25% better than the average Major League catcher. His OPS plus is, excuse me, 26% better. His OPS plus is 126. He has been so critical for these Rangers, made life so much better with Mitch Garver not being able to catch. That it was just like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just plug in this guy who's basically an all-star for the guy who is a silver slugger and a former all-star in Mitch Garver. Actually, I don't really made the all-star team, but I do know that he has that silver slugger in 2019. But he has been a revelation for the Rangers. It's been... Uh, a bit brutal for the Rangers not having uh, Mitch, not going to have Mitch Garver for the rest of the season. He played in 54 games so far this year, or I guess 54 games total, because that's it for him. Uh, 215 plate appearances, end of the season with 10 home runs, 7 doubles on the season, an OPS of 702, slugged over 400 on base, under 300. Not quite what he wanted to have in mind uh, when the Rangers were trading for him, but overall his expected numbers look pretty darn good um you know his chase rate is in the top 15 percent of baseball his walk rate top quarter of baseball um he's not striking out in about the middle of the pack there and his max exit velocity is in the top 20 percent of baseball this guy hits the ball hard the rangers know what kind of guy they're getting in him it's been frustrating for him and for them for him not to be able to be healthy for this season but the rangers knew that there was a risk when they traded for him they traded their in my opinion, 15th best prospect, Ryan Enriquez, who I don't know if he's a starter long-term pitching-wise, um, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Kiner Falefa, good Lord. I got through that a million times while he was here the second you trade him away. I can't say his name, but they they did not really have a place for him. They got to send him to go be on the Yankees. I I get why he thinks he gets shaft, got shafted, but like you still get to go play for the Yankees, an actual winning team, play every day, like, I don't know, maybe stop bitching and moaning just a little bit like maybe maybe stop doing that i don't know it's fine 
we're all fine. But speaking of the Yankees, the Yankees have a former Ranger on their team who is not performing well, who they have pretty much given up giving every day at bats to. That's Joey Gallo. And reports surfaced from the New York Post that Joey Gallo is being shopped around. The Yankees are looking for trades for him. Coming up, we're going to look at why the Rangers should trade for him, what kind of return that might cost, and what it would mean for the Rangers if they had a reunion with my large adult son, Joseph Nicholas Gallo. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. It's completely free. You can easily browse over 630 thousand cards from every single sport so if you want you know a Luka Doncic card if you're a big basketball person and Dallas sports fan you can go find that maybe you can go find a Dak Prescott card maybe you can go find a Micah Parsons card it's his birthday today happy birthday to one of the best DFW athletes Micah Parsons so if you want to go get a card for him you know if you're feeling nostalgic you want to go get an old baseball player card you want to go get an Adrian Beltre card um, would 100% support that because everyone loves me everyone loves some Adrian Beltre especially me you know you can download the sports card investor app today available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores go to or go to sportscardinvestor.com/lockedon now Joey Gallo is available from the Yankees, who's a guy who the Rangers absolutely fleeced in their deal. They absolutely fleeced him. They got four guys who I think are potential future major leaguers, well, three of whom who have already made their major league debuts. Trevor Hover, I think, is eventually going to be a major leaguer at what capacity? I don't know, but He's definitely got some loud tools and is doing very, very well. Granado is a starting pitcher. The Rangers have their everyday starting third baseman for now, and Josh Smith. And Ezekiel Duran, who's going to be up and be an everyday player at some point. He is really darn good. And Joey Gallo, for as much as I love him, he has not been great since he went to New York. He was an all-star twice with the Rangers. He was a gold glover twice with the Rangers, putting up some absolutely fantastic numbers in Texas. And, you know, he was worth that return at the time. I still thought at the time it should have been higher, but it's looking like all those guys are turning out to be really, really good. But since he went to New York, things have just fallen off really quickly for him. In two years with New York, he's played 128 games, has an OPS of 666, which is really, really not a good sign. Um, only 23 home runs in those 128 games, 468 plate appearances. Um, his walk rate is still way high, and some of his advanced numbers are why I think you know they should definitely take a close look at this guy because the things he does poorly, we all know. We all know he doesn't have a good batting average. He's in the bottom 1% of expected batting average. We all know he strikes out a lot in the bottom 1% of strikeout rate and uh, whiff rate. Um, But the things he does well, he does really darn well. He hits the baseball hard. His max exit velocity is in the top 10% of baseball. He walks a whole lot. His walk rate is in the top 2% of all of baseball, and he barrels the ball a whole lot. His barrel rate is in the top 2% of all of baseball. Um, he's not chasing that much. He's in the top 55%. People who don't chase hard hit percentage in the top 12% of baseball. Like, the guy is making solid contact. He's just getting extremely, extremely unlucky. He's still walking at a great rate. His outfielder jump is still in the top 25% of baseball. His outs above average have fallen way, way down in the 18th percentile. I don't know what that's about. I think it might be playing in left field a whole lot, playing in Yankee Stadium. 
Canadian, which is a little bit different than um, Global Life Field, where he is grown accustomed to, and won two gold gloves while playing there. But this tool, the tools are still there, and right now it's not going to be a high cost to go get them. Plus, if you get him, you have here's what the two things that it, it brings. First off, the Rangers will have. I would say the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. You have Leone Tavares in center field, who we all know is absolutely fantastic, has great range, a great arm, makes great jumps, is very fast. Everything you want in an elite defensive center fielder. You also have Adoles Garcia, who can play an elite level of defense in center field, has probably the strongest arm in outfield arm in all of baseball. We have seen how incredibly strong that is. He gets some great jumps. He's really fast. He's really athletic. He's very fun. All that good stuff. His arm might be a little bit better than Joey Gallows, who also has one of the strongest arms in baseball. We saw how great that outfield was with uh, with Joey and Adolis out there. If you put Adolis in left field and Joey in right, you have two double-plus arms on the corners, two guys who can play center field at an above-average level defensively. At least I still think so for Joey. I don't know why in the heck the Yankees are playing Aaron Judge in center field as opposed to Joey, but you know that's their prerogative. They wanted to marginalize him, put him down low in the lineup. They had him hitting behind Isaiah Kiner for left in the lineup. They had him hitting in the nine hole as their worst offensive player. He's not a horrible offensive player, but at this point, the Yankees have all but given up on him. So it's not going to be a high return. And you know what? I feel like they should just straight up give him back at this point. I know that the Rangers absolutely fleece him in their deal, but the Yankees fleeced the Rangers twice. The Rangers let Matt, uh, Matt Carpenter go. And he is putting putting up some absolutely stupid numbers. Absolutely stupid in his short stint with the Yankees so far. He was in AAA, had an OPS over 900. But the Rangers didn't really have a spot for him. I mean, he was basically he's basically just a DH only at this point, unless you wanted to play him in his bad defense at third base, which, honestly, with how good he's hitting, I think might have been the move there. I mean, right now, he's putting up a 1.6 war season so far. He's only played in 26 games and mostly as a DH. If you, if you draw that out to a 162-game season pace, that's a 9.97 war from a guy who's playing almost entirely DH, and when he is playing the field, it is subpar. Right now, Jose Trevino or is is a 2.2 war player and the Rangers traded him there for a reliever who couldn't stay in the strike zone and a 23 year old starting pitcher in high A who's giving up two home runs per nine innings and has an ERA over six. Honestly, that's the point where you say, all right, just, just give him back. The Rangers let him out of his contract in AAA. Maybe they should have called him up to be their DH only guy. And he might be still putting up these insane numbers, but like you look at his, his slash line in those 77 plate appearances. He's hitting 344 on base of 447, slugging 859. That's an OPS of 1307. 1307. 10 home runs in 26 games. That's a home run every 7.7 plate appearances. That's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. This guy has been so good. He's also got three doubles. So literally in half of his games, he's average. He's averaging an extra base hit every other game. That's just stupid. Just absolutely stupid. He's got ten walks to twenty strikeouts. Like the guy has just been so darn good for the Yankees and has been a crucial bat in their lineup. Like absolutely crucial. So I don't know. Maybe just as a sign of good faith, you just give him back. But this is what the Rangers lineup would look like if you insert Joey Gallo in there. Right now, this is how I would put it together. Josh Smith at third base leading off. Marcus Simeon hitting second. Playing second. Corey Seager hitting third. That shortstop, Adolis in left field. 
batting cleanup, Nathaniel Lowe playing first base, and batting fifth, Joey Gallo in the sixth hole playing right field. You have Joey Gallo, a two-time All-Star in the sixth hole, guy who averages 40 home runs a season when he's healthy and playing in Texas. Then you put Jonah Heim all the way down at the seven hole, guy with a nearly 800 OPS, who is one of the best offensive catchers in baseball is in your seven hole. Then your eight and nine hitters, you got Cole Calhoun DHing slash you could, you know, rotate that around if you want to play him in right field and give Joey Gallo a half day off. Same with Adolis Garcia. Or you want to give Leo Tavares a day off and you put Adolis in center field and Cole Calhoun in left field. And then you could put Brad Miller at DH and then Leo Tavares would be in center field. That's, that's as deep a lineup as anywhere in baseball. Now, the Rangers don't have a Mike Trout or a Joey Gallo in this lineup. Granted, Corey Seager, when he's healthy and smacking like he can, you know, he's kind of up there with those guys in terms of having an OPS over 900 and absolutely crushing him. We saw what, he, what he's done the last week worth of games. He's been absolutely incredible and can carry an offense. Same with Adoles Garcia when he is hot. Same with Nathaniel Lowe when he's hot. And we've seen what Joey Gallo does when, he get, does when he gets those home runs in bunches. He is just absolutely phenomenal. He'd be back home. He talked about how much he loved the Rangers. I mean, he openly cried when in his first press conference with the Yankees talking about how much he loved the Rangers and was going to miss them. He took the mic and what he knew was his last game after he hit the game winning home run to snap a just absolutely gut wrenching losing streak and told the Rangers fans in attendance. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I really love and appreciate every single one of you and just talked about how much he loved this fans, these fans, this team and you know what? I would welcome him back with open arms, and I think you should too. This is a guy you're going to get on the cheap. I don't know if it would take a top 10 prospect in the Rangers system to go get him at this point. I really don't because he has been that bad. I mean, he's great in the clubhouse, and the Yankees guys love him, but they're just not playing him. They're just not playing him at all, and this is a team that has championship aspirations. Now, I don't know that a... A minor leaguer is what they would want at this point for him. I don't know what they would want. If they asked for Josh Smith back, I don't know that the Rangers would give that up, and I don't know that the Yankees would get an equivalent of that. Now, if they asked for a major leaguer, that's where that's where I think this might go. They, if they asked for a bullpen arm, which their bullpen's pretty stacked at this point, if they just asked for another kind of super utility guy, I don't know, a guy who can kind of do it all, maybe a Brad Miller type who, Grant, isn't having the best se- season for the Rangers, but he is a left-handed bat who has a lot of thump in that bat, and we all know how short the right field porch is in Yankee Stadium. So maybe that's a guy who could absolutely thrive there. He plays multiple positions. He plays left field. He plays third base theoretically he could play some shortstop and first dh whatever you need him to do brad miller is that guy a great clubhouse guy um has been around has a pretty good walk rate um maybe if you're looking at relievers if you're at, if they ask him prices dennis santana i think i might take that if the asking price is joe barlow maybe i'd take that as well if it's someone just outside the top 10 or you know if you're asking prices like aaron zavala or a Maximo Acosta or a Ricky Venasco, I think I would take that with a Brad Miller, maybe a Cole Calhoun. I don't know. I don't really know what they're looking for, but they just have no place for Joey Gallo right now. They don't seem content to play him. They don't play him when they do in places in the lineup where he feels comfortable. They tried to lead him off. That didn't go well. They tried to bat him way low in the order. That didn't go well either. Played him a whole lot in left field, right field, completely inconsistent playtime. They just did not do right by Joey Gallo. And you know what? 
He comes back here, you buy low. I say, what in the heck is the harm? Plus, at that point, you have the inside track at re-signing him. And you know what? If you re-sign him for next year, that's when the shift could be banned. Talk about Joey Gallo, a guy who everyone just completely whines and complains about his batting average being so low because they shift so hard on him. If you take the shift out, this guy might start hitting 300 and have an on-base of like 450 or something crazy like that with his insane walk rate. The guy is a very, very valuable player. I'm, I've made that point so many times since the Rangers freaking drafted him 10 years ago. This guy is a really darn good baseball player, and he is at the absolute bottom of his value right now. He loves this team. We saw what happens when a player who wants to be here, likes the team, and can have that kind of a renaissance with Martin Perez. Now, I'm not saying that Joey Gallo is going to be, like, you know, top five at his for position players like Martin Perez has been top five in the American League in pitching this year. I'm not saying that's necessarily what's going to happen. I'm just saying that if you can go get this guy at the absolute bottom of his value, keep him around, have him be a you know centerpiece in this lineup and give you one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball and the best outfield defense in all of baseball, why would you not do it? It depends on the asking price. I honestly don't have a good feel for what that would be right now because he's in such a weird place and the Yankees are in such a weird place but it's by low it's by at the absolute bottom this seems like a no-brainer for the Rangers I just really think that this is what you have absolutely got to do you got to go nobody else is really bidding on him I mean obviously the Padres are and if, if he goes to the Padres which the Rangers probably should have traded him to the Padres anyway but I'm you know, I'm not at all mad about the haul that they got from the Yankees. It's gonna it's gonna break your heart seeing all these guys who were Rangers prospects who were supposed to be on a thriving 2022 Texas Rangers team in Jerks and Profar and Jorge Alfaro and Norman Mazzara, all those guys out there, and then Joey Gallo over there as well. That's gonna absolutely break your heart seeing all of that go down. But you know, I think this is a no-brainer deal. He is just such a valuable player. Like I said, he's still walking at an insane rate. When he's hitting the ball, he's absolutely scorching it. And, you know, even though the overall numbers don't look great in his time with New York, we saw what he can do in Texas. He feels comfortable there. I mean, Woody knows him. Woody knows how to get to him. Plus, I'm pretty sure this new hitting staff might even help improve him from where he was before. We've seen what they have done with Jonah Heim. We have seen the power numbers completely skyrocket with Corey Seager. And, you know, we've seen Adoles Garcia be basically the same version of himself that was an all-star last year. That is an incredibly good hitting staff, despite the frustrations with, with Willie Calhoun. For the most part, they have really, really helped their players get the most out of them. I know Marcus Simeon didn't have the greatest start, but he has been fantastic in the month of June, and he is absolutely crushing it yet again in the month of July. He had a great, great weekend, and seeing both those guys at the top of this lineup shows how incredibly good this offense can be when everybody is hitting on, or at least, you know, the top two are hitting on all cylinders. You add Joey Gallo into that, put him in like the six hole. This lineup goes from really good to destructive and dangerous, and then, you know, the problems with the pitching staff and the close games. You might not have nearly as many close games if you're absolutely mashing home runs at an insane rate. The range already are, plus you add a guy who can perennially hit 40 home runs a season. I think it's a no-brainer deal. You've got to go for it, and if you can get him for a very, very reasonable price, even if you have to outbid 
someone like San Diego. I think the Rangers could very easily outbid San Diego without at all impacting their future and with a great increase to the immediate future of this club and their offense. Y'all, thank you so much. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Rangers. I'll be back later on in the week. I'm going on vacation on Thursday, so those episodes will probably be me re-ranking the top 30 prospects in the Rangers system at the midpoint of the year. I'll also be talking later on this week with Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, about the draft, what the Rangers should do, who is going to be available. So go check out his show for your second listen. He's got all kinds of great stuff on the future of Major League Baseball. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Rangers, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.